Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Giving you my opinion on the on the agenda and the underlying principles behind most of the stuff that's in the news. And this is no exception. I'm talking about uh, Biden, Biden's run. Why is he running? What can we expect from that? And uh, do you really want to run on the coattails of Obama's legacy? What is, this is what I'm asking you, what is Obama's legacy? And what will Trump's legacy be? Just to roll back Obama's legacy? We've gotten some great answers on that question. If you want to hear this show from the beginning, commercial-free, WSB very generously allows us to post it. My producer, Binkley, and I, uh, we do also do a podcast. So if you want to hear this show commercial-free, we post it Wednesday mornings on uh, the prop report, like as in the propagandareport.com. And on Thursday mornings, we have um, our own podcast, which we also post commercial free. But uh, I solicited calls about this Obama legacy. Uh, and I'm interested in what you have to say or Trump's legacy. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. First, I have to say, I got a call at the break and I lost the call. So maybe she'll call back. I think it was Debbie saying I had mentioned in passing about Brian Kemp signed a some laws uh, a couple of which promoted internet services in um, in some rural areas, uh, Dalanega, and maybe I'm pronouncing that wrong. I've never been there, but anyway, they. Oh, but Debbie called and said they need it out there. Nobody's providing it, and the internet is a. I mean, it's just essential to function these days, and I totally agree with that. And I and I didn't really dig into it. Came up in response to a, another call I had, I didn't really dig into that legislation. Normally I would, uh, before I would like throw it out there. But, uh, but yes, I totally agree. It's absolutely critical and you cannot function or be plugged in without it. That is absolutely true. It's, but it's that fact that kind of, um, uh, that disturbs me is that when people talk about, well, should we should fund government research or uh, that kind of thing, tech and subsidized tech, I see that as what generates unsustainability, just like depressing interest rates or making interest alone tax deductible, that kind of thing. When you stimulate all this investment in research that would not that doesn't respond to normal market forces, you're actually putting extra push in there, that 
usually has the result of reducing, for example, the cost of capital over labor. So it's very bad for labor when artificial incentives to invest in labor-replacing technology are uh, put in place by the government. But I feel like with the Internet, too, like they generate this, they invent it, then you have to have it in order to engage in the marketplace, if you want to kind of get apocalyptic about it, you you have to use it to engage in the marketplace. And the more you get to where you have to depend on the grid for anything from food to transportation to the ability, you know, they eliminate your ability to have any kind of independence by making uh, the requirements for economic interactions dependent on on infrastructure that is completely outside your control. So once they put the internet as the only way you can make a living, and then that internet is on a framework, a platform that could say, all right, we don't like your political views, you're cut off. I mean, they could literally starve you for, for your political views. And this is not a fantasy. This is stuff that is that you can see the signs of coming down. So I'm sorry, Debbie, that I broke that I jumped the gun. Um, I would love it if you call back and uh, tell me more about that because I can't read it while I'm on the air. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And I am going to hit some calls right now. Thank you so much for uh, your patience. In the order of how long you've been waiting, I'm going to go to Anna. Anna, you are on with Monica. Oh, thank you, Monica. When Obama said he was going to fundamentally change America, he meant it, and it went right over our heads. He and Hillary were schooled in the Alinsky School, uh, which is a modern version of communism. And communism is fundamentally dishonest. The messages were always dishonest. The government style is dishonest. The people were fundamentally of a, of a dishonest mentality. Um, Communism uh, was never exposed after World War II because we were allies with Russia. We did expose Nazism. And uh, on the note of your last caller there, Treg, he he was just very right on and uh, very well read. Um, Solzhenitsyn from Russia wrote a book back in the 70s. He got a Nobel Prize. Is that the Gulag Archipelago or is that not him? Exactly. Gulag Archipelago. Yeah, (laughs) you can find a condensed version. And and somewhere around page 80 or so, he he explains that um, if something like that is never exposed, it will be buried and rise again. And that is what is happening in America. That's what's happened. That's what Obama brought to us. And, And like you, I'll be a libertarian and choose whoever I think is the right guy for the country. But right now, the Democratic leadership in every message, every tactic, every trick is so fundamentally dishonest that it is scary that people um, absolutely just don't see it. Communists used to use the term useful idiots, you know, we've heard that. But if you look and read like our last caller did, also they use the term useful innocent. And that is so much nice. of, of the Democratic population, have- uh, people who... I have a quick question for you, Anna. Can you give me a one-sentence definition of communism as you see it in the context of what you're talking about? Right. It is control by an elite group. It is just control over people. It is the opposite of what America was founded on. We were founded on the dignity and power of the individual. Is it the opposite of what America is? America... (laughs) 
America right now is confused and and split on purpose uh, into racial camps and 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 all kinds of nonsense to take away from the rights and dignity and power of the individual. And and by the way, Christianity was built on that too. You know, I mean, Christianity liberated. Um, the individual person, and 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 look look what that did in Europe. You know, literature, music, art. I actually, you know, I never heard anybody really. You know, I never read it. I just observed when I looked at like comparative cultures, just in my casual reading of like how China was such a big technologically advanced society, but it never really made the progress that we made later, even though you could say they they had a an intellectual advantage. But I always thought because you had the church in competition with the state, the individual understood his or her individual worth and and was had to be given some freedom if you wanted them to choose between who you were going to let tax you, basically, the tithe versus the tax thing. I've been thinking so much since my Easter show, and I, I have a lot of calls, so I'm going to skip, but I just absolutely love uh, how your, you know, your analysis and your articulation of this stuff i hope please call uh often because i want to hear more of it thank you so much i'm gonna go to uh bonnie bonnie you are on with monica i love your show monica it's the first time i ever called so i'm a little nervous i i just was going to talk about biden i i just don't see him as uh, a sincere candidate i don't think he really wants it Somebody i agree with that Somebody's pushing him, I think. Uh, he doesn't have much to say. He's, you know, bless his heart, he's a, not the bright bulb. <laughs> what do you think could the purpose possibly be for this? For I him or whoever's he, pushing him? He's Somebody's paying him to be out there and feel out that uh, Obama um, era and to see what kind of response they get from uh, the public and how much they really want them back, you know, because the left has gone so left and Obama appeared to be moder- more moderate. That's interesting. So it's like a litmus test for what's out there because Bernie is so left and then you have Biden to kind of test the waters or even I was thinking maybe drain the coffers, maybe pick the pockets of people who have hope for a centrist. And then there are options of what you can do with the money you raise if you drop out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And and that's why I I don't think Obama is backing him and because I think that uh, Michelle is going to jump out at the last minute and possibly has has a chance at that. That that may be true. That's interesting that you would say that. That's um, when uh, Michelle Obama popped up at the Grammys. My mom, who has some serious wisdom after 90 years, said, oh, she's running for president. I was like, I don't know. She's like, oh, that's why she's there. She's running for president. So... I seventy five percent of the time my mother is right about stuff like that. So let's uh sorry, mom's listening. Ninety nine percent of the time my mother is right. <laughs> so let's see what uh what what comes out of that Michelle Obama thing. Thanks so much for the call, Bonnie. I'm gonna take a quick break and uh still hang on, Will, Jerry, and uh we at the bottom of the hour we're gonna get into some of these clips that uh kind of Compare and contrast Biden and Trump and some of uh, Binkley's Antifa 
reveals will probably trigger you. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Still interested in your opinion of Trump uh, and Obama's legacies. Or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about, you know. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. We are back. Let me... I can. I definitely have time for a call, and uh, I'm going to go to Will in Dahlonega. Is that how I pronounce it? I got it wrong. I'm a, that, yeah, it's Dahlonega. I'm actually in Saltee, not far from Dahlonega. Okay. Uh, okay, so you're telling me, what do you got to say to me? I'm saying I totally agree with you on um, you know the government trying to provide internet to rural areas. It's it's a uh, it's a scheme. There there is no such thing as no internet areas. It doesn't exist. Uh, I've lived up here in the North Georgia mountains my entire life, and if you, and I run several businesses. And if we need internet access, we get satellite or we get an air card uh, from one of the mobile carrier networks. And, and you get it if you need it. And when, when you know, when you need uh, true high-speed Internet, you, you know, you should move to those areas. You shouldn't dictate that the business move to you by government subsidies. It, it just, it's ridiculous. It's a joke. Oh, that's a, that's a great point. And actually, for me, I, not only am I a libertarian because I believe in individual liberties, but I do truly believe that the like the pricing mechanism, what gets people to do things to provide services or products or whatever, the, the pricing mechanism reflects perfectly the demand versus the cost of it. So if it's not being provided, maybe it makes no sense unless there are government barriers to that stuff being provided out there. If it's not permitted, then you should take down those barriers. But promoting it, yeah, I feel like why... Yeah, it's like flood insurance. Why subsidize flood insurance for flood areas? People are choosing to live there. It's it's ridiculous. You know, out in the desert, the government uh, melts the mountains so they can run canals down into cities and and give them water. And you're paying ten times the price, or actually, the government is. Uh, so it, it's the exact same thing with the internet. It, it just you know for them to say that. You know, and I live in these rural areas. I would I would love to have 100 megabytes pumped in my house. Uh, but as a libertarian as well, it, it's it's stupid. You know, I'll, I'll just have a satellite installed or an air card. or I'll, I'll make it work. I don't need the government, nor should I want the government to subsidize, you know, my paycheck to support somebody else's business. It, it's uh, it's a prop. It's a scam. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. And I think uh, to... Yeah, you can't. Uh, the The thing about the cities that's an interesting parallel as well is that if the more we subsidize growth through governments, the more you get what they call unsustainability. What they call pollution. These things have their natural barriers. They'll stop. It's like you build the highways, build the airports, and then complain about using fossil fuels, and then you want to control that. It's the centralization of the whole scheme. But you gave me a lot of food for thought, Will. Maybe I'll come back with a little more. And Jerry, please hang on. Jerry is is 
absolutely going to talk about my most hot button issue. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. This will not stand, you know? This aggression will not stand, man. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6. I just had a call from Will about the internet, um, the bill that, the law that Brian Kemp signed this week to get internet into rural areas, and he lives up there, and he said it is a scam. If you need it, you can get a satellite, or there are alternatives. It's not, it's not as good as a big city skyscraper or whatever, but there are alternatives. And the point I uh, failed to make was this is the essence of what I consider to be the, the libertarian argument uh, or even just the individualist argument or the the non-collective argument is that there are always substitutes to everything. And this is why I don't like it where you remove your ability to feed yourself by getting increasingly enmeshed in this web, this grid, this interdependency. The fact is, what do you need? Food, water, clothing, shelter. That's really what you need. Food, water, clothing, shelter. And those things are abundant. You can make them yourself. It's very easy. There is no scarcity. Air, I guess. So yes, you've got pollution, you've got ownership and everything, but we have this rule against perpetuities. The ownership goes away after you die, basically. And in this country, especially, where we don't do 99-year leases, we don't have this law of entail, I think it's called, where like the first son gets everything and it just keeps all the property tied up. We don't have that. You can have a little piece of land. You can plant some potatoes in the back. I'm just saying, if you get down to the basics of it, there are always substitutes for everything. Then when somebody asks you, well, who will build roads? You can think, okay, why would anyone build roads? Well, a guy would build a road from a shopping center to an apartment complex. Why? Because he owns the shopping center or he owns the apartment complex and he wants to sell that, that, that rent those places out. So there are always substitutes to everything, which is why I get so nervous when I read things like UN Habitat One, which says you can own private property, just not land. Land is the only thing you need to be able to own. Land is the only thing you need access to. You can get everything you need from the land. And that may be why I believe Patrick Henry said, if you, if you withdraw the political power from, or if people stop being farmers, you'll lose this liberty. And it, it could very well be because you lose the confidence that you can be an individual. So I knew Will had sparked some thoughts in my mind. And here is Jerry with my absolute biggest economic fear. Jerry, you are on with Monica. Hey, Monica. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. Enjoying the show, as, as always. You have a new listener, my son, Ty. He's 13, well on his way to uh, thinking the right way. And so I called to talk about what no one is talking about, which is our national debt. Um, you know, I'd like to make two points. First of all, Congress is broken, period. Uh, without term limits, we're never going to fix our problems. We're just not. The national debt is now almost $22 trillion. 
um, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid projected, depending on where you look, to be upside down by 2025. And by 2032, best I can tell, we will pay more money in interest on the national debt than we pay on our entire military. It's so important to uh, identify that we are in an unusually low interest rate environment. And I think the debt is over $22 trillion by now. Probably by the end of the show, it will be if it's not already. You know? <laughs> yeah, and then, goes, wait, yeah, if, you, if the interest goes, rates go up... $2 million like, a minute... Two million a minute. Think about that. Yeah, I mean, it's Two just it's you million can't, dollars a minute. You can't wrap your mind around the size of this debt. It's not something that can be repaid, and it's going up all the time. It's not stopping, and that to me is the biggest subversion of this country there is. Well, I, I think when you get into the trillions, people just can't comprehend that right. number. I mean, all of the real estate in the United States is worth like twelve trillion. Is it? I've looked at stuff like that. I think like all the wealth in the world is like 70 trillion. And I mean, it's just if you get into those, it's just monumental numbers. It's much, much larger than all our production. And the only people who are really signing up for it. Funny enough, I'm not trying to open the immigration question, but the immigrants are the only ones who are voluntarily signing up for this. We have done this in the name of our children without their consent. It's taxation without representation. And then the people come in. I don't know what they think they're signing up for a job right now for sure. But the future burden of this, it will either be bankruptcy or enslavement. I think you better hope you have some land then. <laughs> but they would just take it. You, <laughs> you know, know what, what I mean? mean? They're, they're after yeah. the long guns. They're after the stuff that you could defend your land. They don't care so about the stuff can't... that makes you a target like a handgun. They care about the long guns. Right. So we can't fight back. It's, That's what I think. You know, I call it, the, the yeah. immigrants, you know, since you mentioned it, you know, <laughs> Trump, Trump could take this immigration thing and the, and the, um, the national debt thing and run with it. You know, Democrats are saying we're going to give health care to all. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We spend several hundred billion dollars a year taking care of people that aren't supposed to be here. I, I'm all for coming here, but you have to come the right way. And for Congress to sit there and say, well, we're not going to give you $6 billion for the wall, but we'll let, it, we'll let the United States spend $200 billion taking care of people that aren't supposed to be here. It doesn't make any sense. I until do, we fix, yeah. I, I, you know, finish. I was just saying, until we fix Congress, yes. the very people we see on the news every day, we've got to have term limits. We've got to get rid of the lobbying. You know, when you're a congressman and you can be there for 50 years and retire with $100 million, how does that happen exactly? That is sick. I, I actually, I that I haven't settled on uh, a policy solution. I don't know about term limits. I feel like I, I, if I were to see one change that I think would make the difference, I would say I would take away the power of the Supreme Court to adjudicate the constitutionality of legislation and and make it perforce state nullification where the states could just not enforce congressional overreach. That's why I think they created the FBI and all that, the Department of Justice, to enforce congressional overreach because the states otherwise, when the Constitution was implemented, 
would be responsible for enforcing all these laws. And the debt is a function of laws, in my opinion, that violate the Tenth Amendment. Any of the police powers, welfare, health care, all that stuff is has been even the Supreme Court says the Tenth Amendment puts all that stuff at the state level. And when you say the interest will be more than we spend on the military, I don't I think our military budget, our defense budget is way too big. However, I think our federal budget should be almost should be limited almost totally to just the what's necessary for national defense, which would be a smaller number than even that is now. So we wouldn't have a debt problem if we stuck to the constitutional limits of congressional power, in my opinion. Uh, thank you so much for the call, Jerry. And you should tell your son, Ty, if he tweets. I don't know if you allow him on that. Uh, I, the Twitterverse can get a tad vulgar, although my feed never does. So if he wants to tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show, I would be happy to uh, interact with him. I love that. I love it. Uh, Twitter's my favorite platform. For as long as they allow me to function on it, I enjoy it. Then I guess we go over to Gab. Hopefully that that's going to they, they are fighting the good fight at Gab, I have to say I should I, I am on it. But uh, and by that, I mean, Gab is fighting the fight to have freedom of speech and not I'm not opining on what is imputed to them as their political bent or any of that. But they do fight the censorship that has affected me personally, for starters. Uh, so I want to I want to get to. Binkley, my producer's here. You and I have talked about, uh, in the context of Biden's announcement, Biden said, uh, he basically framed his announcement, as you said earlier in the show, around Charlottesville or the race question, whatever. It's it. I don't want to get into, identity. I don't want to rehash it. Why? Like identity politics. Yes. But the, the Charlottesville thing, to me, what happened in Charlottesville, from what I recall, and I was on the air as it was unfolding, so you probably heard, like, even Trump's reaction, I believe it was during my show, his initial reaction. There was a permitted protest uh, or rally or activist uh, permitted to uh, object to the removal of the Robert E. Lee statue. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was unpermitted counter-protests that seemed to have escalated things. But even the original, I believe the permitted protest or one of the one of the people on the right, I think it was called Unite the Right, had an organizer, Jason Kessler. I think that was the guy's name who uh, was had a funny history. It made him look like he was an agent provocateur or whatever. So a dialectic emerged where people really took side on Charlottesville, really took one interpretation or the other, depending on where their preconceived notions lay. And this has been exploited ever since by uh, especially the left. But I I think it's worth taking a little time, especially since Tariq earlier in the show brought up Antifa, to talk about what who Biden was championing in his announcement to run. And... Uh, I just think it's funny that he's going to get away with it and Trump was not or whatever Trump did. It it seemed to me this question of moral equivalence should be put to Biden over Trump. And Mm -hmm. I want to I want to pull that out. So we've got a couple of clips for you on that and a little color on Antifa. 
Antifa. <laughs> uh, but I, I think we should take a break first. And I'm still open to hearing your views on anything we've talked about, but uh, specifically what Obama's legacy would be if Biden were to pick that up uh, and what Trump's legacy would be in the context maybe of what he's con- he's. I think, you know, I got a tweet. I'll read the tweet to you about uh, it'll surprise you of Trump's legacy in the context of Obama's legacy. I'll get to that right after the break. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. You maniac! You blew it up! On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. We are back. I am going to go to some calls. I'm going to Frank in Woodstock. Frank, you are on with Monica. Hey, Monica. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Well, other than our sovereign debt, I'm doing okay. <laughs> Personally, hopefully you're doing okay. If you mix that with like what's going on in this country, it can get really, it can ruin your day. Well, that's my point. Your last caller, you know, makes a great point about term limits. And yeah, I'll be 62 in October. So if I want to, I can go ahead and do my little whatever token for all the hundreds of thousands of dollars I paid in the Social Security in my lifetime. But that's just part of it. We'll call the 22 trillion the the elephant in the room, right? Yep. But, but what about the $135 trillion in unfunded liabilities in Social Security and Medicaid? They're both getting ready to go insolvent. Yeah, so I did see that one we... It's elephant room. It's, like, yeah. it's eight elephants in the room. And they're, they're, it's like uh, they're alcoholics or something. They're in denial. So or I'm they have a plan. Not. Well, yeah, they're going to probably dissolve the dollar to zero. Or, or just bankrupt the company, just in other words, oh, I'm sorry, the dollar's not worth anything anymore. Or they're probably, I mean, I assume that they're going to make Social Security means-tested so that everybody who paid in the most get nothing. Oh, boy. That's what I think, is that the people who actually paid in the most are going to be completely so, barred yeah, from receiving. Words, you're going to say, even, uh, even now, as I can go ahead and opt and take and literally, you know, four months or something, they're just going to mean test it one year from now, five years from now. Say, oh, well, you paid the most in, so you get the least amount coming back. Yeah, I don't know. I would take as much up front as I possibly could because I just, I'm not counting on it. Well, that's my whole thing. It's like, it's almost like they're incentive. And then you can only, if you take early retirement, you can only make $18,000 or $19,000 a year, which, they would. They should want you to make five hundred thousand a year, so you can pay those state taxes at the whatever the one hundred and forty level, and keep the system going. But they penalize you if you make peanuts twenty grand a year. Yeah, it's really weird. First of all, it's totally regressive because they take it out. Even if you really can't afford to pay taxes, hopefully you get it back. But it's also it's it's funny because in the communist era or the pre-identity era. The, the tragedy, the thing that you were trying to overcome was poverty. And now it's literally the second you get out of it, you are penalized and demonized. So I guess when they switch from the economic Marxism to cultural Marxism, there is no getting out of your own identity. But why identity in itself is something 
uh, political, to me, doesn't make any sense if it's not tied to actual suffering or um, the levers of compassion. It's very strange. So um, I want to get to this Antifa stuff. This is Monica Perez, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Back in a sec. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 